What's up, everybody out there in podcast land? Uh, got a cool episode today. Longtime friend of mine, David Hendricks. Uh, he's got a really, I mean, pretty impressive and inspiring story uh, coming from humble beginnings to being a successful businessman and entrepreneur. Um, and we talk about all of that breakdown, sort of some of the things he's done to make himself successful. Um, we talk a little bit about the real estate market. We talk about all kinds of stuff. Anyway, it was an awesome conversation. Um, again, thank you for listening as always. Don't forget to subscribe, share the pod if you would. That's how we get the word out. The listenership is going up. Super stoked on it. Thank you for that. I really appreciate it. And without further ado, here's the pod. All right, welcome to the little pod that could. My guest today is uh, an old friend. He's old and I've known him for a long time, uh, <laughs> David Hendricks. Uh, David, because we how long have we known each other? 15 years? Uh, 15 years, yeah, roughly. Dang, that's crazy. A little more, a little less. Yeah, that's crazy. And, yeah, I know. I... <laughs> go ahead, what were you going to say? No, yeah, I mean, we've known each other for so long and in like such a in-depth way that it feels like it's been forever when probably it's been around 15 years. That's still a long time. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> One of my longest friends for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, um, just like to provide some context for people, maybe just uh, talk about like what you're doing, who you are, you know, whatever situation you're at in sure. at this point in life. Sure. Well, currently, um, I've been operating and managing a real estate company that is based out of Staten. Um, I've been doing that for about five years now. I did that. I got picked up onto that job right around 2016, 2015, when I was finishing up college at Western Oregon. And I went to college for uh, psychology and human biology, nothing in regards to business or financial management or investing. But I met a guy that... um, said that he could teach me how to make a good amount of money in a small amount of time, which is always, I think, a goal of mine is I didn't want to work my life away, but I wanted to have enough financial freedom to do stuff, you know? And so that obviously intrigued me and I got on there and figured out that it's actually a pretty good gig. I really like the real estate world. You meet a lot of people that are um, wanting to help you further your career. And so it's good to have a lot of the positive and optimistic vibes just in your natural um, competitive market. And so, yeah, I've been running a real estate company, and I really like doing that. I'm the president of that that uh, gig there. It's called Safe Haven Inc. And, yeah, we uh, it got established in 2014. And so now it's kind of just whatever we really want to make it. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing currently. And what does Safe Haven do? Mainly, like right now, we're about 75% property management, where we manage um, HUD project-based Section 8 apartment complexes, conventional apartment complexes, houses, duplexes, triplexes, um, even up to eightplexes, mostly multifamily, uh, not so much commercial property management. But that's kind of our our main gig. And uh, ever since I got on and I got licensed to be a broker in 2017 is I've been trying to um, change the dynamic of the company to where 
we're more 50-50. We do 50% real estate um, transactions, which are buying and selling, and then 50% of the property management. And so, yeah, I've been we've been working on merging more to 50-50, but right now we're predominantly property management. And is that because you see that side as being like an additional revenue stream or you see it being more lucrative or why, why do you think the shift should be happening? Well, not, I mean, the main reason is I actually like doing it. The, the biggest thing about my job that I think I love is I can do something different every single day. I can go meet people and I can go grow a business and make connections or I can go show houses to clients. Um, I can go do physical labor if I wanted to go demo out a unit or, you know, be involved with the turnovers. So it's a it's a very dynamic job. So I like that. But I think uh, more than anything is property management for my company is more of a residual income. We can manage a lot of our expenses just on the property management fees that we make on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. And the real estate transactions are kind of um, lump sum income that comes into the, the company that I can use to invest other ways, grow the company, uh, market, you know, training, grow with uh, employees, benefits, just that type of stuff. So the the real estate for me is really able to um, expand my company even further with almost every transaction. And have you thought about doing like a transaction where you buy a property that you will end up managing? Is that happening too? Yeah, that's a great question, actually. That's kind of what my biggest goal is in life is to, uh, or in the company's life, is to start managing our own properties. And so it, it really, that's a, another good part of the real estate sales is that I'm able to um, save that money into the basically the piggy bank. And eventually, I will be able to start buying up our own fourplexes and apartment complexes here. That, that's kind of in my next five-year goal, actually. Okay, I see. And um, I want to kind of, because... You said, well, there's a couple things. One, you said you went to school for psychology, which doesn't have anything to do with business. But I kind of pushed back because what I've noticed is that business is a lot about people. And, you know, I was a psych major. And the one thing I feel like it is kind of a general um, degree, but like learning how to think about how what motivates people and how to communicate better. And, you know, I mean, all those things that I was learning in psychology, I feel like have translated to what I've tried to do in business. Have you noticed that as well? Or Yeah, I think that's a great observation. I would actually agree with that. Um, you know, I say I didn't go to school for what I do now, and psychology is a very broad subject, but it's a good skill that I've developed by going to school is just learning how humans learn, you know, leadership roles, which is also a big deal because you can have, in, like, again, I never figured I'd be a president of a real estate company when I was studying psychology. Um, But what I learned in psychology definitely relates to the field that I'm in because, you know, just understanding people and how they one employee could like uh, appreciate more direction on their day to day basis where we have other employees that are kind of more free reign saying, hey, give me these tasks to get done and kind of get out of my way and I'll get them done for you. And so understanding that, too, really helps me with managing people because it goes to show you that you can't use one general way of dealing with people for your employees because they could be you could have two different employees that are completely different um learning styles you, you know mm-hmm. hmm. and what because i since i know you i kind of want to but it's interesting like you were going to school for you were going to do dental hygiene like that was like your yeah. whole goal and then all of a sudden i was glad because at one point you got into this and i i kind of saw that there was potential for you to make a lot of money and you were like yeah i'm thinking about doing dental hygiene i was thinking I'm like what are you talking about but um yeah. 
at some point, you know, you had decided, because that was like, I mean, I would say you probably had considered, like, that was your career path for probably, what, six years, maybe? You yeah, were kind of like, this really what good, I'm going to do? So, yeah, correct. A really good chunk of my life. So I guess I kind of, because it is, you know, if we're talking about entrepreneurship, we're talking about um, being a leader and whatnot, there, there always is times, I think sometimes it's almost harder in your own life to, at least for me to figure out like what I'm trying to do long term or what's the right decision or whatever. And, yeah. And so, you know, at some point you've invested a bunch of money and time into the dental hygiene thing. Like what is, then you're confronted with this opportunity and you're thinking, Oh, well maybe I should do that. Like, how did you make that decision and what kind of what's your process for figuring out what the right move is? Yeah. You know, that's a, another good solid question. Uh, I'm doing my best. There's no tutorial. Yeah, no, there's no tutorial. I feel like in life. And that was one of the biggest things of growing up kind of without um, a solid household to like where you have a mom and a dad that kind of shows you what not what to do, which you don't get to learn everything, but you get some sort of life tutorial on what, what options or what to do in these certain circumstances. And I feel like I d really didn't have that. So I was just kind of like, you know, going off on my own learning kind of in the moment. And when I was going to school for dental hygiene, I, I was actually able to study a wide range of um, subjects. So that's how I got a, a general studies degree when I left Chemeketa. Mm -hmm. was that I was able to study a very wide range. And um, so, yeah, I was focused on getting this dental hygiene degree because I thought I could, you know, I knew their schedules were basically four days a week. That means that would give me three extra days to go. I could either work at a different dental office. Mm -hmm. It was really all, again, back to my main goal of uh, making the most amount of money in the least amount of time. And I al always had the backup plan while I was going to dental hygiene to own my own duplexes and rent them out and kind of have passive income. Mm -hmm. um, th therefore, I could kind of live off that as I, as I was older. And it just so happened to where I was getting done with uh, Western Oregon in 2015. 2016 was my last year there. And I just met this guy um, who was actually just needing somebody to fill in at the time. I actually started for this company, Safe Haven Inc., when I was just wiping down their walls and whatnot. And uh, so I actually got to get my foot in the door of the real estate office while I was still trying to accomplish my goal. So I never really jumped um, ship until I knew that the, it was really going to be a good trade off for me mm. rather than, OK, I can abandon the dental hygiene thing, which I could always go back to that and accomplish that in a short amount of time if I ever wanted to, because mm. I and I know I could do that. So it, it was really nothing for me to lose by going here and giving it my all. And I, I think you can attest to this in most of my my friends that actually know me on a personal level, I'm probably one of the most competitive people um, that I've ever ran across, not in an unhealthy way. You know, I don't ever wish bad upon anybody, but it could be as far as mopping a floor and I'm going to be competitive at that task. Um, and so I think when I was presented with the offer of running a company, it was just another thing of, okay, this is a competition and I need to do it the best uh, to my ability. And, I, and in order for me to do that, I just have to apply myself. So that, that jump from dental hygiene to um, the real, running this real estate company was actually a pretty easy one to make. Okay, so there wasn't like a crystallization moment. You know, you weren't Frodo in the forest trying to figure out if you're <laughs> going on the quest. Like it just sort of, it was a more of a, it was not even really a calculated risk. You proved that the path you were going to take was going to be what you wanted. And so it was okay to leave behind the stuff yeah. you've been working towards. Is that what you're yeah, saying? exactly. Yeah, okay. I never actually took my foot out of the um, dental hygiene 
lane, I guess we can say, until I knew that the the real estate thing was going to work out for me. When I started to make around the same amount of money as I that I would in working dental hygiene, I was like, okay, yeah, we can just make this work, and I can work at this real estate office and then still be able to get my own uh, duplexes and rent them out. So I actually never let go of the second half of my dream. And it actually makes it a little easier because now I can actually have my own company manage my rentals and it actually works out that way. Cause that would have been, ha- that would have been a thing that I would have had to look for if I were to stay in the dental hygiene field. Right. I would have had to eventually either learn how to manage my own properties or hire a company to do that. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So, You've been doing real estate. It's interesting because the last podcast guest was, was a real estate agent. So I don't know why Ooh. this isn't a real estate podcast, but you know, it's, <laughs> it has been the last two weeks apparently. But if you could, I, I asked her kind of about the market right now too, just because it seems yeah. like it's sort of, you know, it's crazy. And so I kind of wanted to get your take. Like, what do you, because you're kind of in a different capacity, you know, she's doing mostly transactions yeah. and so are you, but you also have the property management side. What's the market been like in your experience in the last couple of years? The well, last couple of years, I mean, 2018 and 2019 was, I mean, I only got into it. I got licensed in June of 2017. So I was really just barely getting my feet wet in 2018. 2019 was a booming year. Um, I had a great, great year in 2019. It was just from all aspects of our property management and just meeting, you know, random customers or random clients that are looking for assistance in purchasing a house. A lot of my buddies from that I went to college with were at the point in life where they were looking to purchase. So I was actually able to get, I think, around seven or eight or nine different transactions in 2019. And then at the beginning of 2020, I was actually projecting around the same thing as 2019, where I had a good couple of uh, amount of transactions for the first uh, month basically month and a half january and february and then once the coronavirus hit um it all obviously just like everything kind of came to a screeching halt which is one thing that i kind of took just took a step back and kind of was in awe of the company that my uh, business partner really created is he's created a company that can sustain through the most problematic economic hardships and i mean mm. not only did he his, uh, he had a company that survived the 2008 uh, market drop but now he also has a company in today's day that was able to sustain and pay all of its bills and retain majority of its employees through a pandemic so it's actually pretty amazing but mm. um yeah the the real estate market or i feel like has really slowed down because of the coronavirus but now you can see in the month of september and october it's starting to pick up but through some of the multiple listing services that um, I'm partners with, uh, they send you out basically uh, activity for the market based on that month compared to the last three years. And in June and July and August of 2020 were the lowest recorded activities in the last three years based on their reports. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting because um, Rebecca, the realtor that was on last week, she said that it that corona did sort of slow things down but she said that things were hot again and we're picking back up and you've noticed the same thing i would agree with that okay i definitely agree with that and uh, i mean some people i think a lot of these companies they've able they were they're able to adapt and especially right now a lot of them have a lot of technology and apps and websites that they can do and you know see each other over now Mm -hmm. but i mean i have a real estate office a a competing uh, competing real estate office right across the street 
and their office just barely opened up last week. I believe they were closed for like four or five months, just Mm. closed down, not even turning the lights on in their office. Wow. Um, and that is one thing I kind of, you know, like I kind of looked at some of your business stuff as far as the technology goes and, you know, and I thought, you know, that there's probably some room for improvement in some of those areas, but I haven't looked since what, uh, I kind of want to talk marketing stuff for a minute too. Like, how do you, how does your business market? What are you guys doing? Well, what do you need to get better at? Well, that one thing that our company has never done is we never had to run any advertisement. A lot of our stuff is word of mouth. Staten's kind of a small uh, city, so and my business partner is a third generation family in Staten, so he just kind of knows a lot of the business. He's been doing this for thirty years, so we don't really do a lot of marketing uh, mm-hmm. at the moment. And I think that's one of the biggest things we we will be getting involved with, but. Um, a website definitely I need to figure out and that's the thing like I've been working so hard on getting this company right and getting this company organized enough that I can um, expand and go start running a different office in a different city after I get this one in state and all taken care of mm-hmm. which we're close I would say we're about 85% of the way 90% of the way and um, getting this one all set away and getting ready to expand to a different city maybe Kaiser is where I'm thinking or South Salem, I feel like, is kind of saturated. Even Salem is kind of saturated. But I've always liked the area of Kaiser or maybe go out there or something. But I've been spending so much time on just, um, you know, learning how to run this company and knowing what to do. So now in 2021, though, I do plan on marketing and expanding. And that's something that I'm going to have to look into and probably seek professional help on that. Because that's one thing I've never studied or been very good at, I feel like, is the marketing side of it. Hmm. So... I guess that brings up a couple of questions, but so then do, do you see the way to grow the company as being to expand and add locations? Is that sort of how you see the business growing or? I, yeah, I think that that would be one way that we will expand. I do want to get another location. I, you know, eventually, I don't know. My partner is talking about going to other states, but I'm more of a let's master this one task first or walk before you run Mm -hmm. type of guy. So I kind of want to just get settled with Satan and then move over to uh, Kaiser and kind of get our feet wet over there. And I would assume, you know, right now we only have one broker, which is myself at the company. And I'm hoping to hire in 2021 two or three more brokers and just kind of see where it goes. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think having one or two more locations, maybe – one more in the south of South Oregon, Southern Oregon, mm-hmm. uh, would be an- another benefit in the next five years. Is something that we'll be doing, so we can kind of get uh, all throughout Oregon. But yeah, hmm. okay. And so you said you don't really do. So are you guys doing no marketing then right now? We do zero. Yeah, absolutely okay. zero. So we can't say what you're doing, but what you're doing well because you're not doing. It. And then to get better <laughs> yeah. would be to just start marketing. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, we answered those questions. Um, <laughs> What would you say, what's the best part? You said that, you know, something you like about your job is that you can do something different every day, but is that the best part of your job? Um, my job, are you talking about at the, like the company that I work for? Yeah, in like the, in your the, day-to-day, the like responsibilities, like is that, is, what's the best part of, of that? The best part of it is actually, you know, it's rewarding because again, my main goal was making the most amount of money in the least amount of time. 
and I'm very valued at my job. So I'm able to go there and get it done. And I have good people in place to where I don't need to sit at a desk all day. The company can be ran whether I'm sitting at my desk or not, just because that's how I've set it up for the last couple of years since I've been operating the company. So that is obviously good. But, you know, I think the most rewarding thing about my job is housing families that need housing or need help with housing or they've been struggling without being able to find a good place. And especially when the fires hit over in the the canyon and Mm -hmm. gates in that area, like a lot of families were displaced. Even I had families that were displaced and unfortunately i'm kind of a small company so we didn't really have a lot of vacancies to fill um these families that were displaced by the fires but you know going above and beyond and finding them uh working with other companies you rubbing the elbows and you know calling other companies for people and just finding houses for the families i think that has to be one of the most rewarding things from the job but yeah hmm. okay what's uh what's the hardest lesson you've learned in the business since you started Hmm. The hardest lesson. I think the hardest lesson I have learned at that job, man, that's hard. I haven't really learned any hard lessons. I haven't really had any major bad experiences. I think the biggest thing that I've taken away is just how you treat people, how you talk to people. You know, sometimes I'm fast with how I talk. I don't always beat around the bush to, you know, communicate with people just because I'm so I'm multitasking all the time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes, you know, when I have clients or customers come to me and they are needing something, I'm kind of short with them just because I have so much stuff going. And, you know, first impressions are big. And I think that's going to be the biggest thing is just taking your time and treating each person with dignity and giving them the time that they deserve when they're requesting information or, you know, meeting them. Because not all relationships that you meet, whether it's property management, real estate, business, uh, they're not always easy relationships. And some of those things I just got to tell myself, you know, take a deep breath and deal with. And I think that is the biggest lesson, one of the hardest lessons that I've taken in. Hmm. Okay. And as far as like, cause you, you're working six days a week, right? You take Sunday off. Yeah. I usually take Sunday off. Um, this week I actually got to take a Saturday off as well, but normally I'm working six days a week, uh, Monday through Saturday. So what, let's talk about your routines. Cause I was talking, you know, Rebecca last week said that she gets up every day at four thirty in the morning and she's like yeah. a hardcore broker. You know, she's really very, seemed like a really type A personality, like go get her. She really does it. Cool. So, but that's not how everybody is. And I think that there's value in dip people's different, you know, routines. And I always, I'm like curious to know, like if you're successful, like what are the things you're doing daily to help you be successful yeah i think the main thing that i do every day is i wake up with a purpose i I, at night when i go to sleep i normally reflect before i'm going to bed on all the things that i need whether it's writing it down whether it's typing out a to-do list or scratching it out Mm -hmm. um the night i go to sleep i'm usually thinking of the tasks that i got to accomplish the next day I normally wake up at around 5.30 to 6 o'clock. My alarm's set for 5.30 every day. But some days, you know, I stay in bed until 6.15. But normally I know what I need to do. And if the list happened to be pretty long the night before, yes, I might wake up at 5 o'clock. But I think really the thing is that uh, really worked for me is just knowing what tomorrow is going to bring for the most part and waking up and just not being lazy and taking care of business. And I think college also showed me that is showing up is literally like 75% of the battle. And then just applying yourself and learning the material while you're there is also a, a another big thing that people don't that people take for granted. I feel like you're 
a lot of people from my experience would spend time in class, but not really spend time learning the information. They're just mm-hmm. there, you know, going with emotion. And, uh, that's definitely something that I, I've, I've already witnessed. And I try to make sure I'm not perfect, but I try to make sure I don't do that. I try to retain the information while I'm there. So, and I think that's one thing that has always helped me know what, know what I got on the plate for tomorrow and then uh, being present and applying myself daily. Yeah. And, so, you know, because I, I definitely was guilty of that in college. Like, I was just kind of trying to get the degree and move on. I did learn some stuff in spite of my <laughs> attitude towards school. But um, after the fact, then I really got into learning, you know, like with me, like I like to read. Yeah. And, you know, I was, yep. now I'm into master classes. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to constantly learn and get better. Uh, how do you make sure you're sharpening your skills? And, and I think it really comes down to the fundamentals, which is reading, reading books, any mm-hmm. type of book, keeping your mind sharp on reading is the biggest deal. I mean, there's times where I'll be at work, you know, and again, I have solid team members that allow me to not always have to be at my desk. So when I am at my desk and a lot of my stuff is completed, I'll just take that time to sit there and open up a book and start reading, whether it's, you know, real estate law, whether it's, uh, you know, updated laws that the, the Oregon or the federal government just passed and just staying up to date. And that's one thing about my job that I really, uh, that I really like, too, is like if I need to sit down and read for a day, I can literally take eight hours, sit in my chair and just read the information, which keeps me sharp. Okay. Now, are you doing any kind of like outside reading, you know, any books that you have really liked in the last, I don't know, a little bit that you thought, man, I really learned a lot from that? Uh, not that I really learned a lot from, I did pick up a book. I'm sure a lot of people have read it called tools of Titan. And that book's Mm -hmm. actually like for, for me, I read so much with like law and legal. Sometimes it's like coming home and trying to read again. It's like, man, I just been reading all day. Mm -hmm. So that, that, have you heard of the book? Yeah, Tim Ferriss. Yeah, exactly. Like that Mm -hmm. book is really easy to read. Like I can spend 15 minutes and just take somebody's perspective away from or what they've learned through life. And I actually like that. That kind of lets me um, get away from reality reading that book. And that's really the book that I've been reading as of late. Okay. So if that if you were going to recommend books for people to read, Tools of Titans, is there any others that you'd say this would be good? These are good. Uh, let's see. I actually just read The Emergent Edge. I don't know if anyone has read mm. that book. That was pretty I feel like good. I saw that. Who do you know who wrote that? Yeah, Brian Buffini. Okay. And then uh, just before that, I was reading um, The Intelligent Reinvestor because REITs, too, are a good way to make money. So I've been re- I read that one before. I-, I read The Emergent Edge, and now I picked up The Tools of Titan, and I'm about three-quarters of the way through that one. Okay. That one's pretty – that's like a thick book. Even though it breaks yeah, it down it into is. small you know, sections, it's pretty gnarly. So, yes, exactly. Huh. Nice. Uh, the thing I – thought was i don't remember if it's that one or tribe of mentors but he said that 80 percent of those people he said the one thing that he could find that they had the most in common was 80 percent of them sauna daily yeah which was i gotcha. thought that was interesting that is interesting yeah that really is interesting yeah uh which sucks because the saunas here are all closed but anyway yeah. <laughs> you know so no one in oregon is allowed to be successful because no one can sauna. exactly um okay what about you say you listen to rogan's podcast you listen to any other podcasts or i'm just looking for like learning no. recommendations anything other than those books like um no i'm i'm open to recommendations because i'm kind of new to the whole podcast world to be honest i mean i watch jerry i 
I work so much and I spend so much, I have a dog too. So I spend a lot of time with my dog. I don't get a lot of time to actually sit down and um, listen to things anymore. So if you have any uh, recommendations, I'll definitely, I'm open to them. Uh, there's a podcast called the little pod that could, that's pretty, I heard is all right. But... I'm just kidding. That's my, <laughs> Oh podcast. yeah. Let's see. I'll, no, no, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Um, I'm going to say, ha I'll I, check it out. I was going to give you a book recommendation that uh, I got last. This is kind of the cool thing. Like, I can sort of, as I interview people and get um, the Rebecca from last week, her, uh, she somehow got connected with Ryan Serhant. Do you know that name? No. He does, he has a TV show called American. Oh, shoot. I don't know. It's like a realtor show. He like He's like one of the biggest realtors in New York or something. I think okay. I'm probably totally butchering it. I recognize his name and I knew he had like a reality show, but I didn't know exactly. Anyway, he's got a book called sell it like Serhant that she is, is big on. I bought it when I went to uh, Barnes and Noble last week. So anyway, I haven't read it, but she said it's like really good as far as um, helping to get better at sales. So anyway, it's okay. a recommendation for you. Yeah. I'll check that one out. Space. Um, yeah. yeah. And then the other thing we both talked about, um, is Masterclass. I don't know if you've heard of that. No. So it's, and they did, a, I got it in February last year and was like, buy one membership, get one free. So my buddy and I split it. But basically okay. it's like a bunch of classes. So they'll have like Steph Curry teaches you how to shoot and Malcolm Gladwell teaches you how to write and, you know, Chris Voss teaches you how to negotiate. And that class in particular, the negotiation class, he was a yeah. former FBI investi- uh, hostage negotiator, and okay. so he talks about like how to negotiate and how to. Anyway, that's really good. And master classes in general were were pretty. I mean, they're pretty cool because they take these experts in their field that you know you know and talk about like. And they have other ones, Skillshare. There's other platforms, yeah. but I've been using Masterclass. Sounds really interesting. Yeah, and I, I would guess, I'm I'm thinking probably what they're going to do on Black Friday is probably one of those buy one, get ones. So, you know, maybe check it okay. out and then, you know, find somebody to split it. Because it's like $150 for the year. So if you split that, it's like 70 I mean, it's like the best value ever. But anyway. Yeah, cool. I'll check it out. So, yeah, those would be, that's what I've got so far. But, um... As far as I kind of want to go back to and look at your because uh, there's a couple things I think that you're you know since I've known you for so long I kind of knew you at sort of a low point in your life like even back in high school you know I remember yeah you know like you basically came to me and told me hey I'm dropping out and yeah. I was like uh wait what you know I mean and so yeah it is kind of cool to see where you've gotten to now. And I wonder if you could like kind of tell that story of like, sure. Who you were. Yeah, sure. Well, I referenced earlier at the beginning of this, that I was in foster care as a young child between ages seven and 17, I was in the foster care system. Um, so, I mean, that automatically puts me at a disadvantage, but I, you know, as I got 18, I was like, okay, starting to figure out that, Wait, can no you, one's really going to do can you anything. Talk about that. Because, I mean, like, it, it's weird. Like, you know, to me, it's like, I, I was just thinking, I didn't realize it was 10 years. Like, holy sh-, You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. what? Because it's easy to, like, just almost, like, oh, yeah, I was in the foster care system for 10 years because that's, you know, your reality. And it's not, but, like, I mean, yeah. Like, what was the. What was that? 
experience like? Yeah, that experience, it was um, it was definitely an experience, a growing experience. I remember when we first got taken to uh, a foster care house, it was pretty interesting because at least I have two brothers. I have an older brother named Larry and a younger brother named Dustin. And me and my little brother, Dustin, we're as close to twins as you can possibly get, I think. Maybe not physically, but uh, mentally and emotionally we are. And, uh, yeah, I remember going to our first foster care place, and it was pretty interesting not knowing, like, where your mom or your dad is. You know, you're going there and you're crying. But at least I had my two brothers with me, so that, yeah, I had some sense of security at that point. But then you're, like, staying in someone else's house, right? Like, I mean... Yeah, without a doubt. There was actually one house that we stayed in that they locked the fridge at 7 p.m. They locked the cabinets at 7 p.m. You couldn't go and just get food uh, at any point in time if you wanted it. So they would even do, like, last call. And it wasn't like there was a lot of kids in the house. I think there was only, like, two other kids, and one of them belonged to the family. Hmm. Um, So it's just interesting going up, growing up like that when you just can't reach into the fridge and make some food if you're feeling like it, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And so that that's just one incident of the, growing up, and that's only one foster care house where we got bounced around to a couple different ones. Yeah, just like, because I had two brothers, they, it's not easy for houses usually to house you know um, kids like that. Three of them at that. And were you guys always able to stay together, or did you get split up at any point? Or yeah, actually, we were able to stay together for the most part. We were foster. Uh, my uncle and my aunt actually took us in for a majority of the seven to 10 year span. Mm-hmm. I think they took us in for like three or four years. And so we were able to basically stay together until we hit around, I think at the age of 15, my little brother was 14. He ran away. And then uh, at the, around the same exact time, my older brother ran away too. So both of my brothers ran away and they were kind of out of the foster care system just because they were couch surfing and staying at other families' houses and this and that. And I actually stayed in the foster care system and stayed with the family that I was staying in over in Brooks, Oregon, mm-hmm. and just continued to go to high school um, as much as I could. And then, like I said, that's when I met you. And um, actually, at that point, it was kind of cool because you were really the only adult that I really trusted at that point in my life just because I was going through so many different foster care houses. My brothers just ran away. Um and you're able to really like, you know, maybe not let me get away with stuff because you've always kept it real with me. Let me know kind of what the consequences of my actions can be like, hey, you know, I hear you. But if you do it that way, this it could happen this way. If you do it this way, it could happen that way. Um, and so, yeah, I remember coming up to you at the portables over there at McKay High School and having that conversation. And I ended up dropping out and getting a job immediately at a tire store where I was able to make actually some pretty decent money. I was able to make forty forty five thousand dollars $45,000, which, I mean, isn't that much today. But back then in 2005, 2006, 2004, that was actually some decent money. And especially um, now having, like, even a high school diploma at that point, you know. Without a doubt, yeah. And, again, I think that just goes back a testament of my competitiveness. No matter what it is, uh, just kind of show me where the bar is set, and I'll try to leap over it. And that's kind of always what my mindset is. And, uh, yeah, so I applied myself there and I was able to go from just a normal kid bus and tires to the assistant manager and in a few short years, I think it was, and I was able to make some good money there. And, but yeah, you know, that, that whole experience of the grind, I really think struggle builds character. And that's why I'm completely happy with the skin that I'm in today is just because I was really able to be shaped by a lot of these experiences. And I can still look myself in the mirror today. Yeah. And I remember, you know, when you, decided you were going to get your GED, you know, and then start pursuing college. Like, I remember, like, that was, like, 
Dude, that was, that was such a low point in my life when I started doing that, though, because, uh, I mean, I think you can remember, uh, it's like one of the only real crimes I've had in my life was I got a DUI when I was 21-ish, 22-ish, I think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I remember even sitting with you across the table and just sitting here like, okay, well, what are we going to do from here? And that's when I kind of decided, well, you know, I'm going to go get my GED and I'm going to go to school and I'm going to become a dental hygienist and make this money. And I remember taking the city bus to shemekita to take a placement test for a ged and i remember sitting there like man like this is a really low point i never thought this is where i would be especially coming from where i was working at superior tire service and making some pretty decent money um but looking back at it today in 2020 i actually can't appreciate that that whole experience more um than i do right now not only appreciating like you being in my corner and giving me the honest advice but, you know, me making the mistake and being able to self-reflect and correct that as much as I possibly could. And then waking myself up the next day, getting on the city bus, going down to the school, taking the placement test, passing it, getting in college. And I mean, no one forced me to do that. It just I just wanted to do it. I, that was my path at the time. Well, and, um, and yeah, and it seems like, you know, at that point, you kind of have a, a decision to make. And the easier decision would be to feel sorry for yourself and like... I mean, honestly, eventually, like, probably do yeah. something worse, you know what I mean? Because, yeah. you know, you, like, don't, whatever, you just, there's yeah. kind of two, the easy choice is to, like, feel sorry for yourself and not do the work and end up in yep. a worse situation. The harder decision yep. is to, you know, get up, you know, embarrassingly take the city bus, you know, go take a test for the GED, all stuff you don't sure. want to do, yeah. you know? So how do you... How did how did that, you know, what does that struggle look like for you, and how do you end up making the right decision in that moment? I mean, because it seems like the temptation would be to, like, I just don't want to deal with this right now, and, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, whatever, I'll just deal with it later, even though you know really that means you probably won't deal with yeah. it. You know, so yeah, and how, I, do you ha- how did you handle all of that? Again, I think it was just a solid support system at the time. I had a really good friend in my corner that was kind of guiding me in the right area, and I trusted his guidance. And uh, he wasn't, it wasn't the type of friend that, you know, they want you doing good, but never better than themselves. I really think genuinely uh, my buddy wanted me to do good, and he was offering me good advice, work to which I trusted. And I actually followed it. I, I mean, I don't know if you remember, Turner, we sat across the table and we made this plan for me to go get my GED, go apply to these schools, go talk to these people. And you know what? I took that little list and I just started crossing stuff off. And lo and behold, um, it was one of the best decisions I've probably ever made in my life. Which, it, But it, 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 you were saying that, you know, I feel like a lot of things that I've gone through in my life, it would turn most men, and I hate to say it this way, but into drug addicts, because a lot of the stuff is hard to sit there and just deal with it and grab the bull by the horns and say, okay, you know, I messed up here and these are the consequences I need to get paid. And now, but what do I do from here? Cause there's always tomorrow. And I feel like I bounced back. I had enough, uh, you know, I could reflect on what I was doing and I was able to change my behavior and make the right decisions. And I really think that was really the biggest deal. And again, struggle builds character. And I feel like that's why I'm such a good person from my own perspective is because of the, the struggles that I've gone through and the, the perspectives that I've had. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, like you've had, you have a lot of resiliency that's you've built over the course of your life. I guess I just, you know, if, if you were to, if you were able to go back to and talk to yourself at that point in your life, you know, mm-hmm. what kind of, what would you tell that person? 
Hmm. What would I tell myself? I think I, back in the day, I would just tell myself to trust your gut, trust your instincts. And I, I know there's really no tutorial to life. And I feel like from myself, you know, you go through a lot of life and think about, you know, am I making the right decision? Should I be doing this or should I be doing that? But really, I think the biggest thing is just trust your instincts. You don't rely on people to do things for you and get it done yourself. But these are all things that I knew back in the day. I, I mean, I knew all these when I was younger that I couldn't rely on anyone but myself. And I have big dreams. And in order for me to accomplish those things, it just takes a lot of consistent work. It's a slow road to, you know, go through college for four or five years and then get a job and just trust that it's going to work out for you. But I don't know. That's a good question. However, I think it would just be trust your instincts. Hmm. Okay. Um, and where do you see, like, how do you want in the next, you know, five years, how do you want what, like, what's the, the vision for the business in the next five years? Yeah, uh, in the next five years, I think the goal is to have at least 10 rentals under the company's name. Uh, the goal for the next 10 years or the next five years would to be have at least two offices, our main corporate office still out in state in Oregon and a satellite office in Kaiser with um, offering competitive rates, you know, really for the benefit of the people. Hmm. Building a good reputation and um you know, just servicing our community, whether it's property management or real estate and offering just the top notch guidance on, you know, housing, whether it's investments, REITs or, you know, buying and selling just for your personal self. Yeah. And you say REITs, can you, I don't, you've said it twice. I let it go the first time. It was like, oh, it's fine. I don't really know. But what's a REIT? It's just uh, basically a trust, a real estate investment trust. So okay. you can actually get some tax breaks and you can tie some money up for, periods of time and you kind of get in it with a partnership. A couple people can all go in on a trust and just make another way to make some um, return on your money okay. in the property. It's a little bit of a, it's kind of like an LLC in a way, but not really. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. That actually sounds interesting. I might ask you some questions about that off air, but uh, sure. I was going to ask you something else. Shoot. Um, crap. I forgot. Uh, it was five year plan. There was something in there that I had another question too. Oh, I know what I was gonna say. So if there's like, say there was like another person like you who was like interested in real estate, but had you know no background in it. No, because I was thinking about that too. Like it's weird when you're in college. You know, I was remember thinking like, what am I gonna do? And I was like, I don't really know. And you think, well, I want to make money. But you don't really, like, if you're like me, you or me, like, you don't really, I didn't know any business owners. I didn't know any exactly. like, entrepreneurs. I didn't, you know what I mean? So it's like exactly. all my friends were becoming teachers, so I didn't really want to teach. I thought coaching would be cool, but I'm like, well, I guess I'll teach. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. but it's like, why didn't I just know, like, a real estate agent or an insurance agent? You know what I mean? Those guys yeah. are making good money, and they're basically small business owners. I'm like, yeah. it would have it could have changed the whole trajectory of your life. Yeah. yeah without a doubt. You know? and, and so it, go ahead. One thing my, my partner always tells me, it's not what you know, sometimes it's who you know. And it's For really sure. the truth. Like you, you got to apply yourself and you got to be competent, but sometimes it's just the people that you know. And like when I met my business partner, he introduced me to just a lot of the big players in the real estate game and, people that have just been doing it for been doing property management or real estate for 30 plus years. And you just kind of get to get in the room with them. And, you know, for a while, for the first year or two, like I, 
didn't even really talk to any of them just because I wasn't called upon to really like partake into the conversations. Mm-hmm. And then just after being around them for years and years and kind of, you know, getting to know them, they kind of bring you in under their wing and they provide you with the information and they, you know, fill you in on all the little trade secrets of the industry and no, knowing the people in the business is a huge, huge deal not to be underestimated. Yeah. Which is always hard for me because I am not a good networker. I don't, you know, you know me, I don't really like people, so it's hard to, yeah. like, yeah. I'm not good at that side of things, so that's one thing I yeah. am trying to get better at business-wise, because that is a huge piece of it, because, you know, I think back to that time, it's like, man, like, I made this decision to teach, and it was, like, 10 years long, like, geez, yeah. dude, you know, it's like, I don't know, I just yeah. wish there was, like, and, and the internet was I want. I don't want to say brand new, but I mean, yeah, pretty new when I was going like, to college. Without you a know? doubt, and so yeah, it, it wasn't doubt. like I could network. I mean, now there's so many opportunities. So I guess if someone was saying, "Hey, I see real estate as a way that I could potentially have financial freedom or whatever," what advice would you give them? Like, hey, this is what you should do to get better at, or to to get into the you know because what you said, like, how do people get to the point where they're being asked to talk at the table or they're, you know, rubbing elbows with Johnny, whoever has been selling real estate for 37 years. Yeah. I think the best way to do it is, well, see my company, when I got linked up with my boss through just my, my company wanted to hire my brother. My brother already had a good gig. So he recommended me for an interview and that's really how I met uh, my business partner today. Um, but you know, there's a, there's a school down in Salem here. I mean, I would just get into a real estate school if that's what you're thinking of, because it is possible to get financial freedom through uh, being a real estate agent. And if you're, if you just want to do just basically the sales and not take all your work home with you, being a real estate agent is perfect for you. Mm -hmm. But if you want to go to the stars and try to become a multimillionaire and, um, you know, own your own real estate office, be a principal broker, have other brokers underneath you making their sales, which are just kind of managing their paperwork and assisting them and training them on all the trade secrets mm-hmm. um, and making sure that obviously they're in compliance with the um, Oregon Real Estate Agency as well. But through real estate, you can go as low as just making the sales and making money and going on good vacations, or you can take it to the stars and own and operate a multi multi-million dollar real estate um, company. So I think it's really dependent on the personality type that's going into it. But for all walks of life, if you're interested, I definitely think it's worth it. You get to meet so many cool people, whether it's the clients, whether it's other brokers that you're dealing with, because real estate, when you're making sales, I'm sure most people are aware, but there's a uh, two sides to the coin. So you have the real estate, the selling broker, and then you have the listing broker. And so you have two brokers that are in communication. And it's really cool because it's teamwork between two people that really have never met each other and that are on two different sides, but it's still teamwork nonetheless. And so that's also a pretty cool thing about real estate. Hmm. Now, but I guess like how, cause I remember one thing I wish I had done more of when I was in college was intern with different companies. Cause I did all my yep. internships with one company. So by the time I got done, there was one company that knew I was good and was willing to hire me. I'm like, man, yep. I should have spread that out. Like, is there opportunities for people to do stuff like that in the market? Like, can they, Oh yeah. And I I mean, honestly, that's kind of the type of individual I'm looking for right now. I'm actually working on hiring an office assistant, but um, I mean, anybody can be 18 years old, walk in there and just, you know, be able to learn in shadow and we can have people just answer. Like once you teach them, obviously what they can say and what they can't say in the real estate industry, Mm -hmm. um, 
you, you, you really can just have people go in there. It's almost like being a dental assistant at a, and wanting to become a dentist. You can at least learn the lingo, learn the, the rules and how the, how it all navigates and see if it's something that you're really interested in before you go spend the money and the time learning that, that field. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cause you can be a, an unlicensed assistant. You can help with, you can go work at escrow. You can go work at real estate offices without even being a licensed real estate agent and at least learn, you know, how, how it all works. How the sausage see is if it's, yeah. Okay. Um, is there anything you would recommend as far as like, if they were prepared, if, if you could go back and prepare yourself better for the job you're in now, Mm-hmm. What would you have? What would you have done, say five years ago, to prepare for this? Um, I think I would just learn more of like accounting. Like that's one thing that I wish I would have learned in school is accounting, financial management, because that's obviously a big deal, um, even when it relates to real estate. So just having a, fa- a solid foundation, even an intro class to accounting, would help drastically. I learned it after the fact, but if I would have had a, even literally accounting 101, it just kind of gives you a little bit of a foundation when you're talking about debits and credits for transactions, depending on what side you are on either the buying side or the selling side, it could be a debit on this side, but a credit on that side mm-hmm. that I think if you're not prepared to, um, for that, it, it, that that's kind of hard to grasp, but I wish I would have known that prior to getting into real estate. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then is, I want to kind of plug stuff, but I don't know, because you don't really do social media too much. Yeah, I'm actually, that's one thing that also that we, I've never, I've been clean off social media for about five or six years. Personally, I'm not involved in social media and mm-hmm. the company so far that I have, it hasn't really been too involved in social media. And one reason is like, n- number one, I'm not a big believer in the whole social media stuff. I get that it has some benefits, but for me, it takes a lot of time out of my life, and it's just time that I don't have that I can apply elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And it kind of comes back to full circle with the company is like somebody's going to have to operate that account. And, you know, that somebody right now has to be me because for the most part, when it comes to the admin side of my job, but I'm, I have only two people that can do it. And so mm-hmm. it, that would fall upon me, which I don't have any more room on my plate right now to take on another task. So it's kind of just fell by the wayside. But um, you know, yeah, I haven't actually done anything with social media, so I don't have any plugs there. So if, but I guess what I, you know, like how would people, if they wanted you to manage their property, if they wanted to buy or sell a house through you, like how are they getting in touch with you? Yeah, you, um, we're actually working on right now, reaching out with the company, working back and forth, getting our website up and running. I know it's 2020, we should already have that stuff, but I'm a small startup. We did just have a website, but it really wasn't working for us. So we just closed that thing down and we're mm-hmm. working on getting a new one up. So soon I should have one, but right now people could go to safe Haven Inc and just look up our phone number. If you're interested in either buying investment properties, or if you have properties that you want managed in state in sublimity, Almsville, Turner, Salem, we're kind of all in those cities, mill city gates, mm-hmm. um, all up the Canyon. So you guys can always reach out to uh, me that way. My email is David at safehavenproperty.com. That's singular. Um, and they could reach out to me that way too, but yeah. Okay. And I'll put, uh, we can link all that in the show notes. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to mention, uh, that we haven't talked about yet? Oh, I don't think so. I think that was pretty comprehensive. Um, yeah, I think that was good. Turner. I appreciate it. Good questions, man. Way to make me think. (laughs) Yeah, man. No problem. Thanks for being on the pod.
Yeah, no problem at all. all right. Look forward to the next time around. Five years, maybe three years from now, maybe check up on me and see how I'm doing. Okay, yep, you got it. All right, man, sounds yeah. good.